We have been journeying on a message series entitled Dealing with Anxiety. And uh, this is a scripture that we're going to come to every week, honestly. Um, and uh, today we're going to continue this, this thought process. We're so grateful. Um, last week we talked about how the four mistakes of Elijah and the four mistakes that he made in dealing with anxiety and how we can learn from those things. Today we're going to talk about the role of prayer and the role that prayer plays in anxiety. I want to invite you to, maybe you're familiar with this, maybe you're not. Um, every week on our Facebook page, we do a devotion. It usually starts the week. It usually goes through Monday through Wednesday or Monday through Thursday. That just reiterates the message that we do on Sunday. So we invite you to jump on there. We've been doing that for several weeks now. Invite you to jump on there and uh, follow along with us on a on an every throughout the week as we allow the Holy Spirit to continue to massage the message that we feel like God's given us for Sunday in our heart. Amen. But today we want to talk about this idea of the role of prayer. Um, you know, it's funny. I, I mentioned this last week that uh, this particular message series does not flow from my strengths, but probably more from my weaknesses. Um, it's funny how God does things, I, I, uh, and sometimes it's not ha-ha funny, it's shake your head and think, Lord, what are you doing funny? Um, for some of you, some of you know, some of you do not, um, my wife has been very ill since February 28th, um, still not 100% sure what it is, uh, she spent the night in the hospital last night, and, uh, Thank the Lord that uh, she's home this morning. I got the call right between services. It was kind of kind of funny. I had my phone in my pocket because you just never know in those moments. And I said, amen. And as I was saying amen, my phone starts ringing. And it was Zanesville. Was like, Come get your wife. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> amen. So she is home, and we're grateful for that. And, but uh, thank you for your continued prayers. But it's it's funny how... You go into a message series and you think, okay, I think I got this. And then the Holy Spirit allows something to happen in your life. And it's like, I'm not sure I got this really at all. Um, and I know yesterday as, as we were in the ER, we were also in the ER on Friday. We were in Cambridge ER on Friday. We went to Zanesville yesterday. And as we're sitting there in the ER and, and uh, going through tests, and all these tests are coming back negative, um, everything looks good, everything looks good. Well, if everything looks good, why is my wife laying on the bed? Um, not able to even eat anything and just feeling terrible. And in that moment, as I'm starting to get anxious, and my kids and my family will tell you when I start to get anxious, that's probably not a good thing. Because uh, I, I start getting, I start pacing a little bit. I, I start thinking about, okay, what do we got to do here now? Because I'm a fixer, and I like to fix things. And I'm like, okay, now what do we do? What do we do? I'm starting to get a little anxious because every report's coming back that everything's okay. And, and, and part of that is good because we wanted things to come back okay, but at the same time, we wanted it to be fixed. And about halfway through the time, there's this lady that comes in to give Crystal one of her tests, was the EKG, and this lady named Deb is getting ready to leave, and she says, can I just pray with you? She didn't know I was a pastor she didn't know my wife was the pastor's wife. Um, I mean, 
she didn't know we weren't, but she didn't know we were. Um, and uh, in that moment, God reminded me of this message. Because in that moment, I felt just a peace that come over my heart. I thank God for people like that. In those moments when, when everything around you seems to be in turmoil. You don't know what to do. You don't know where to go. But God sends somebody. And it reminds you of the thought process of going to him. And today we want to talk about this idea of dealing with anxiety. And, and what does that look like? What does that look like when we do that and, and the role that prayer plays? I think oftentimes a lot of the biggest battles that we're going through are battles that other people just don't see. We are often fighting battles in our own minds. And we'll often show on the outside that everything's okay. It's confident. We're all good. And, you know, we're secretly struggling inside. We often look like we're stronger, but the truth of the matter is we really feel weak. We put on a happy face at church, and we're like, oh, praise God, man. It looks good. I'm hashtag blessed. Right? And we do all of those things to, to show people that we're okay. On our social media, our Facebook, on our Instagram, we flood it with positive things and, and good stuff so that nobody really sees the hurt and, and the angst and the weight and the anx, anxiousness and the worry that's in us. So what do we do when we find ourselves battling our anxiety? I, I want to Go back to this passage in Philippians chapter 4, and I want to read it again today. And as we read it, I want to remind you that Paul is the, uh, under the Holy Spirit's guidance, is writing to his church friends in, in Philippi. And as he's writing them, he's writing them from a Roman prison where he is chained to a guard, not really sure. He's awaiting trial, and he's not really sure what's going to happen. He's not sure what the next step is going to be. And in that moment, he he, he writes this letter to this church. If there's anybody that had the right to be anxious, it would have been him. But in his duress, we find words of power and life and truth. Let's go to that passage. It's in Philippians chapter 4. Begin reading in verse 4. It says this, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let everyone come to know your gentleness. The Lord is at Hand. Last week we talked about hearing God's whisper. Maybe your copy of the scripture says the Lord is near, that he's close to you. We talk about hearing God's whisper. It says, do not be, be anxious for nothing, but in everything. Maybe your uh, version of the scripture uh, says that a little differently. Maybe it says in every situation, but the idea is the same. In everything, by prayer and supplication with gratitude, make your requests known to God, and the peace of God that passes all understanding will protect your heart and your mind through Christ Jesus. In every situation, no matter if you're, what you're facing, no matter if you're worried about your job, no matter if you're worried about your, uh, the economy, no matter if your teenagers are freaking out and doing crazy things, in every situation, God says, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, here's what we do. We present our requests to God. And as we present our requests to God, the peace of God that transcends all understanding guards our heart in our mind. So let's 
begin. Let's do that today. Father, I ask, Lord, in the power of your word today, in the presence of the Holy Spirit, that you would build our faith today. God, for those who are anxious, God, would you send your peace today to them? We ask this in the name of your son, Jesus. And everyone said amen. 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 So what is anxiety? You know, the answer to that question is, is somewhat very, very complicated because anxiety can be physiological, it can be emotional, it can be situational, but I would tell you today that I believe that it's also spiritual. I believe it's spiritual. Because anxiety is, is very complicated, I want us to also take a holistic approach to this. In, in other words, we're, gonna, we're always going to pray. We're always going to seek after God. We're always going to come before Him. But we also may need to seek some professional help. We may need to go to a doctor. We may need to get advice about supplements or about our diet. We, we may need to, uh, under a professional care, take certain kind of medicine. You may need to seek a, a Christian counselor, and we're going to take that holistic approach. But for our time together today, I want us to discuss and talk about the spiritual side of dealing with anxiety. Number one, because I don't have the power to prescribe any medicine to you, nor do you probably want me to. <laughs> Number two is I, I believe that if we can handle and get a handle on the spiritual side, God can really help us with all the other things as well. So how do we, how do we come up with anxiety? What is it? Let, let me kind of explain it this way. How many of you have ever had a check engine light on your car? Come on. Check engine light. I know in my, in my lifetime, I've, I've had probably several check engine lights on several different vehicles. Come on. I, I remember uh, different ones I had. I had a Volkswagen Rabbit. Um, my dad can attest to this. He's here today. He can attest to this. I think I pushed it more than we drove it. Is that, is that right? Yeah. Um, the check engine light was just on all the time. It was just part of the, part of the console. It was just... I've had cars where I'm driving down the road, and instead of the check engine light being on, it comes on flashing. That's a good one. And we have, and in in reality, usually when the check engine comes on, that really starts the anxious feelings, doesn't it? Anxiety starts to flow, and you're you're starting to think dollar signs, right? Oh, what is it now, right? But I want you to understand that the check engine light is not the problem. The check engine light signals that there's a problem somewhere else. And the signal, if you're smart, you'll take that signal and you'll take that vehicle to the manufacturer. You're going to take it to the one who made it, who created it, because they know how to best fix it. The light's not the problem. The light's a signal indicating you that someone else who knows how to address the situation, should take control from here. There's a, there's a quote that somebody put from our church family put on their Facebook page this week, and love this quote. It fit super right into this message, and it's from Craig Rochelle, and it said this, anxiety is a signal alerting you that it's time to pray. Anxiety is the signal alerting you that it's time to pray. It's the indicator that something's not right. It's the, uh, and you would, if, if something's not right, it's that indicator. And when you feel that indicator, what's the wise thing to do? Go to the manufacturer. Go to the creator. 
Go to the one who made you. And it's alerting you that it's time to pray. In other words, let me say it this way. If it's big enough to worry about, it's big enough to pray about. If it's on your mind, it's on his heart. Be anxious about nothing, but in every situation, in everything, take your request to God. So if you're worried about an upcoming doctor's appointment, pray about it. If you're worried about a decision that you've got to make, pray about it. If you're worried about graduation and, man, what's the next step for me and what's my future going to hold and I, I just don't know, pray about it. If you've got a child in school and next year they're going to be taking some crazy math class where they've got to have a scientific calculator that costs as much as a used Honda Civic and you don't know what in the world is going to happen, pray about it. Pray about it. If it's on your mind, it's on God's heart. Take your request to God. Now, sometimes I, I think sometimes we look at that and we say, pray about it. Man, that just sounds so easy. And a lot of times people are like, man, I don't even know how to pray. How, how do I take my request before God? Are, are there some kind of prayer rules that are in play here? Do, how do I address God? Do, do I address him like omnipotent creator? Do I address him as Daddy. What if I get it wrong? Am I going to be in timeout for like seven weeks? Do I have to pray in King James Version? Do, do I have to end the prayer in, in Jesus' name? And what happens if I fall asleep while I'm praying? It's funny. We think, man, what are these prayer rules? Can I, can I just tell you this? You don't have to pray to a relational God who loves you in a formal way. He loves you. You don't have to pray to a relational God that loves you in a formal way. He just loves you for who you are. But sometimes I understand that this can be intimidating. Have you ever been around somebody who seemingly has this spiritual gifting of prayer? And you just wonder, you know, if when they get done praying, God looks down and goes, ooh, that's good. Man, dude, that was a good prayer right there. And he looks over at you and he goes, that stunk. But man, this one, that guy, he's good, right? Sometimes you just, we, we kind of wonder if that's the case, man. This guy, he even quoted scripture. Lord, I, I pray like it says in Isaiah 54, 17, that no weapon formed against me shall prosper. And, and he goes on and on and on. And we're just like, oh, man. And your prayer goes something like this, Lord, you're so good. God, you're so good. Lord, you're good to the last drop. God, you're so good. Lord, you're like a good neighbor. You're always there. God, you're so good. And and your prayer kind of seems like, man, what in the world am I praying compared to this guy, right? You know, how do you pray? I want us to, Paul gives us some insight on this when he talks about praying about everything. And I want you to look at this language here because I, I think it seems less, it's less formal than what it might seem. Um, he, he talks about this text. And he says, how do you pray? And, and what the text is really saying here in the Greek is it says this way. It says, let your needs be known. That's what it means. 
Let your needs be known. Present your requests to God. So how do we do that? It's very simple. You ready for it? You let your needs be known. Tough, right? You talk to God in your way. In other words, it doesn't have to be my way. It doesn't have to be Mr. or Mrs. spiritual prayer gifting's way. You talk to God in your way. Let me give you an an example. I have two kids. God blessed me with two kids, one of each, a male and a female. We didn't know that there was anything else but that. But um, that's what we were... (laughs) Oh, little barb sideways there, sorry. Um, (laughs) Anyway, um, we figured that was our perfect family. We have one of each, and the other side of that too was we didn't want to have three because if we had three, we'd be outnumbered. And we figured it was against the, it was better odds if we just had two. Now, the beautiful thing about my kids is they communicate differently. They communicated differently growing up. Um, I'll probably pay for this later because they're both sitting here today. Cameron would have this deal. He wanted to communicate. It was always at 1030 at night. And he'd come into our bedroom at 1030 at night. And he had this, um, this the, the, he would just unload his heart, man. 1030 at night. Boo. Now, normally, my, my wife's like, I'm like sitting there like this. I'm like, oh, couldn't you have done this at like eight? And my wife's like, shut up. He's fine. You just let him go. And so it's 1030 at night, he's coming in, and, and that's not a good time for me. Um, because one of two things are happening. Number one is, I'm almost half asleep, which means if you know me, half asleep is almost all the way asleep when it comes to my brain, and it just don't work. The other thing is, you know, that time of night, my wife and I are probably just about ready. If I'm not sleeping, we're going to have an intense prayer meeting here in a few moments. Some of you get that later. So 10.30 was not the greatest time for us. But that's how he communicated. And And today he'll he'll call, we text, we have this communication thing that we've developed. He doesn't live with me anymore. He doesn't really come around at 10.30, bless God, anymore. (laughs) Then there's Caitlin. Caitlin, we, we talk about everything, and, and Caitlin's really cool about opening up and talking to us unless there's something wrong. And then when there's something wrong, I get a text. That's how she opens up when there's something wrong speech. And the text usually starts out something like this, hey, dad. And I know if it starts out, hey, daddy, brace yourself <laughs> because something's about to go wrong, right? And she'll start out the text like, hey, dad, are you busy right now? I'm like, oh, Jesus, oh, no, what happened? In other words, what she's saying is, instead of saying, are you busy right now, she says, are you sitting down right now? Because if you're not sitting down, you might want to be, or you might want to brace yourself up against something, because what I'm about to share is going to knock your loop for a loop. It's not necessarily good news. They're creative, and they're unique in how they, they talk. You're creative, and you're unique in how you talk. 
You're creative in, in how you share your feelings and your emotions and, and how your, your relationships work. And, and God understands that about you because he created you that way. He created you unique. He created you in the way that he's created you. And he wants you to come to him like you. He doesn't want you to come to him and say, hearken thou, O God, to my cry and my plea. You know, if I went like that to God, God would shake his head at me and say, what are you doing? Because that's not me. That might be you, but it's not me. My heavenly father knows and I can go to him with anything. And that's the principle here. In everything, in anything, do what? Let your needs be known. You can write your needs down on a paper and request your prayer request to him. You can sing your prayer request to him. Some of you just do it privately, but you can sing your prayer. I'm, on, I'm bad today. I'm so sorry. You can shout with joy. You can shout with anger. Some of you think, well, what? I can... Shout with anger to God. God's a big boy. He can take your temper tantrum. And can I, can I just tell you something? As a dad, as an earthly father, this is probably a secret to them, I actually like it when my kids need me. I actually like it when my kids need me. I think you'll find that as you continue to approach the heart of God, he likes it when his kids need him, when they come to him. In every situation, with prayer and petition, let your needs be known to God. So what's anxiety? It's a signal alerting you to go to the one that loves you. It's a signal to go to the one that created you, the one who can help you. You know, I, I love the way Peter talked about this. Peter talked about how to handle anxiety, and Peter's probably a guy that, to be honest, probably dealt with anxiety a little bit. Um, if you'll turn with me in your copy of the Scripture, we're going to talk about that just for a minute. It's in 1 Peter chapter 5. 1 Peter chapter 5. First Peter chapter 5 says this. It says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. And then he says this, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. We're going to come back to that idea of, of God's hand, that he lifts you up in due time. But I, I want you to understand, cast all your anxiety. Maybe your version says cares. Cast all your cares, all your anxiety. Do you feel anxious? Do you feel weight? Do you feel fear? God, we're going to approach this holistically, but we're going to also take this to the Lord, and we're going to cast our anxiety on him because we understand that he loves me, and he cares about me, and he has my best interest at heart. So what am I going to do? I'm going to humble myself. I'm going to pray. I'm going to humble myself and I'm going to pray. My anxiety is a signal that says I need to go to the one who made me, who cares about me. So do you feel down? Do you feel depleted? Do you, do you feel like there's too much going on and that you're sinking? Peter says, humble yourself under God's mighty hand. I love the imagery here. And I think the imagery is significant. Peter was a guy who had the audacity. He's in a boat with all the other disciples. And Peter's the guy who has the audacity 
to say, Jesus, if that's you, let me come out and walk on the water. And so Jesus says, come on. And so Peter has his eyes focused on the Lord. He's, he's looking at the Lord. And what's he doing? He's walking on water, man. That's a pretty miraculous thing, right? That's a pretty big time thing. And then all of a sudden, what happened? The wind picks up. The waves crash against his leg. And all of a sudden, he feels what? Probably some anxiety, right? He feels a little fear, feels some anxiety. And what happens in him? He begins to get his focus off of the Lord, and he starts focusing on his anxiety and the things that are on around him and how he's feeling. And as he does that, he begins to sink. Maybe you're here today, and and you have had this walk with the Lord, and everything's been great, but something's happened. There's been some kind of situation that took place, something that you didn't plan for, something that was out of the blue, and it came and it grabbed a hold of you, and it is your storm right now. It's your waves. It's your anxiety. And what that's doing to you is you don't even realize it sometimes, but it's causing you to sink, and you're feeling like you're sinking, and you're trying to tread water. And Jesus is standing there, and just like he did Peter, he reaches out his hand. And he takes him with his mighty hand, and he lifts him up. What a great picture that is. What a great picture that is here in 1 Peter chapter 5. Where he says this, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God that He may exalt you or lift you up in due time. And then the very next sentence, He says this, cast all your anxiety on Him. I wonder if when Peter's penning this letter, if he's not thinking about that moment in the boat. I wonder if he's not thinking about the times when when he was... uh, got to the place where he uh, abandoned the Lord and he denied him and he got in that place. And every time he finds himself taking his focus off off of God and onto his issues, onto his anxiety, he finds himself sinking, whether that literally in the ocean, in the sea, or actually figuratively in the campfire scene. But every time, Peter has found a hand. That was reaching down to him. Every time Peter says, humble myself. Part of humbling myself means this. And and this is the part that's sometimes hard for me. Because, like I said earlier, I want to fix it. I want to fix it. And part of this humbling myself for me is saying, God, I can't fix it. But I'm going to reach out to the one that I know that can. I think so many times we wear ourselves out trying to tread water when the hand of God has reached out to us already. I think for so many times we wear ourselves out trying to get to the place where we feel like I can do it. And all we have to do is bring it to the Lord. And he's already there waiting for us. You know, the thing I love about Jesus is When Peter took his eyes off of the Lord, Jesus didn't come back and say, oh, you no good, faithless guy. I'm going to let you swim a little bit. I'm going to let you go with it a little bit. That might have been what some of you would have (sighs) done. Take your eyes off me. You just struggle. 
Get on that struggle bus right there. You just keep going. I'll reach down and get you before it's too late, but you just, God doesn't do that. He doesn't do that. He says, come to me, humble yourself. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. You know, I, I think when you're battling with anxiety, anxiety comes in a cycle. I've got a, a kind of a picture about the cycle here on the screen. It kind of comes like this. You, you have this moment where you feel anxious up at the top. You feel anxious. And then what do you got to try to do? Because you feel anxious, what do you do? You feel the weight. You feel the worry. You feel all the stress. So what do you do? You try to take control. And as I try to take control, and you say, man, I'm going to make this happen. I'm going to get that, that into shape. I'm going to fix that person. I'm going to control that. You try to take control, but when you try to take control, the more you feel losing control. And the more you feel losing control, the more you try to take control. And then the more you try to take control and realize you can't control, you feel more anxious. And it's just a cycle you get in. And it just keeps spinning. Today I want to challenge you. How do you break the cycle? You recognize this truth that I'm about to give you. You internalize it. You embrace it. You live it. You let it sink into your heart. And this is the truth. Ready? You don't always have the power to control. But you always have the power to surrender. You don't always have the power to control, but you always have the power to surrender. You can't fix everything. You can't change everything. Medicine won't always fix it. Counseling won't always fix it. Changing of your circumstances won't always fix it. We can't fix everything, but we can surrender anything that's a burden to our God. I'm going to ask Pastor Dustin if he would come back the piano kind of fill you in a little bit Um, we're going to do something that's maybe a little bit different to close this message we're going to sing a song you say well that don't sound very different but yeah I understand that but here's what we're going to do I'm going to ask you as we stand here in just a moment and we sing this song I'm going to ask you if you would raise your hands to the Lord everyone in the room just raising your hands to God What does raising my hands mean? Well, raising your hands usually means one of two things. It's an act of surrender. Because if somebody says, put your hands up, that's what you do, right? You surrender. It shows your surrender. The second thing it does is this. It's also a sign of victory. Putting your hand up is also a sign of victory. And today I'm going to believe that you can experience both. Surrender, and as you surrender, what's going to happen? I believe God can give you victory. You say, well, that's not comfortable for me, man. I'm, I'm not used to raising my hands. I don't want to do that. I've watched you at ball games. I've watched you at concerts. I've watched you at different venues. Raising your hand is not a big deal. Sometimes you'll even jump and get into it. Some of you yell and scream and holler, woo, right? Now, I'm just being honest today. I think as we stand here before the Lord, I want to challenge each of you. Maybe you're going through anxiety. We're going to talk about and pray about that in just a moment.
or maybe you're not. But I want you to understand that there's a God that loves you. And whether or not you're in the middle of anxiety right now, there's going to be a day. I've just, I, I know this because this is how the devil works. He's not creative. He's not, there's nothing that's creative about him. This is just how he works. And all of you can probably attest to this, that at some point you're going to have those anxious feelings. You're going to have those worried and fearful and thoughts and, and depressive thoughts and want to crawl into a hole and, and, and just not get out. But can I tell you today, this is how you do You come before the Lord and you surrender. You say, God, I know I can't fix this. So Lord, today, I'm going to humble myself. I'm going to cast all my anxiety on you. You say, God, I, I understand that you're near. I feel your presence in my life. And so Lord, today, in everything, in all of my, my needs, in every situation, God, I'm going to lay it all down before you. And I understand that, Lord, you're going to bring it to pass. You're going to come around me. And God, you're going to give me peace in my heart and mind. That doesn't mean you're going to change all the circumstances maybe immediately. That doesn't mean that things are going to flip-flop and turn on its head all of a sudden immediately. But I know that I trust you because you're going to give me peace where it matters most. You're going to give me peace in my heart. You're going to give me peace in my mind. And today I just want to surrender my life again to you. You don't have the power to control but you do have the power to surrender. There's a song that I've asked Pastor Dustin to sing. Some of you might know it, some of you may not. The song just says this, this is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. Church, I'm telling you, if you will learn how to fight your battles and surrender, you'll begin to see God move in your life like you never dreamed. The other part of this song, it's real simple. It goes like this. When it looks like I'm surrounded, I know I'm surrounded by you. Elijah's servant went out of the tent and, and he looked around and he saw the enemy surrounding him. And he thought, oh no. I'm sure he had an anxious moment. But then all of a sudden, Elijah says, no, no. Look at the victory that's behind them. even though those that are with us are greater than those that are against us. So this morning, as, as we position ourselves in that way, God, I pray that you would just meet us today. Would you stand across this sanctuary? Would you lift your hands to the Lord as an act of victory and an act of surrender? Pastor Dustin, would you lead us? This is how I fight my battles. Yes, hallelujah. This is how I fight my battles. Yes, Lord. Fight them with you, Lord. This is how I fight my battles. Victory's mine when the battle is the Lord's. Hallelujah. This is how I fight my battles. Thank you, Jesus. It may look. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. Sing that again. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. 
It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by This is how we fight. This is how I fight my battles. Yes. This is how I fight my battles. Yes. This is how I fight my battles. This is how. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. This is how it may look. It may look. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. Yes. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. Come on, somebody give the Lord praise today. This is how you fight your battle. Praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. If you're worshiping, continue to worship. Here's the deal. Today, you're acting like an act of surrender. You're giving it to the Lord. You know what that means? That doesn't mean that 12 minutes later, you go take it back. means you give it to God and you say God you're sovereign God you're always good God your ways are perfect your ways are higher God you're working all things to bring about good for those who love you Lord and are called according to your purpose I believe God that no weapon formed against us shall prosper hallelujah I believe that the devil is a liar God, I believe that you're going before us, that you're working in us, that as we cast our cares upon you, God, if there's something weighing heavy on us, if there's a burden that we're carrying, if there's something that we're anxious about, God, whether it's our future or our job or our finances or our marriage or our kids or whatever that is, God, I thank you, Lord, that that anxiety in us is a signal that says we need to go to pray. It's time to get back to the Creator. I'm not going to be anxious for anything. I'm going to be surrounded by you. I'm going to recognize that. I'm going to be surrounded by you. So God, we cast our cares on you today. As we're reflecting here in this moment, maybe there's some of you that have a a burden. Maybe there's some of you feeling that anxiety, that heaviness in your heart. And you'd like to cast that to the Lord today. Here's what I want you to do. Would you right now just lift up your hands to the Lord? We want to pray today as an act of surrender, but also as an act of victory. Hallelujah. Father, hear the cry of our hearts this morning. We present every one of these needs before you, God, today. I'm so grateful, God, that you care about us that you love us, and even when we don't see the result immediately that's what we want, we're going to continue, Lord, to trust in you. We're going to worship you. We're going to praise you. We're going to surrender to you. Because I know that you're a God that can open up the heaven. You're a God in moments like this that you send peace, even in the midst of the storm. And I thank you for that today, Lord. I thank you for that today, Jesus. Hallelujah. Earlier this morning, we had a message in tongues and interpretation. Again, we believe that that's very scriptural. And as those of you just keep praying today, 
what the Bible says is when there's a message in tongues that comes out in the public place, that's a sign that for unbelievers. And so today, I want us to approach this thought process. Christians, if you would be praying, maybe you're here today and, and you know, you've heard us talk about the name of Jesus. You've heard us talk about how God is, is there for you and he's got his hand reached out down to you. And, and you're maybe thinking today, who is this Jesus? Well, can I tell you, he wasn't just a prophet. He wasn't just a man. He wasn't just a teacher. He wasn't just a miracle worker. He was the son of God. He was perfect. He was a man without sin. And Jesus loved people just like you and just like me. People who were perfect. People who were messed up. And you know, I think about probably the greatest anxiety of all time was something that Jesus experienced. He's getting ready to go to the cross to die for your sins and mine. And on his way to the cross, he has such an anxious moment that it it calls him, that signal goes off, and it calls him that it's time to pray. And so he goes to the Garden of Gethsemane. He begins to pray, God, if, if it's your will, let this cup pass from me. But then he says, nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. And he prayed, and he obeyed, and he died in your place, and he rose again to make us new and to give us life. And today you may be here and you may say, you know what, I've never had that Jesus in my life. I've never experienced, I've never seen his hand reaching down to me like that before. Today I'm telling you, church, that's exactly what he's doing. If you're here today and you don't know the Lord, I'll give you opportunity right now. Church, if you would, bow your heads, please. Give someone some privacy in a moment. If you're here this morning, you say, you know what, I've heard you talk about Jesus all morning long, but I don't have a relationship with him, but I want one. That Holy Spirit we talked about earlier that's pulling at your heart, that's happening right now in you. I don't care if you've been to church your whole life. I don't care if this is your first Sunday ever. That's That's not the ticket, man. The idea is this. Do you have a relationship with the Lord? And so today that's you and you say pastor I don't but man I'd love to have one today would you just slip up your hand right now we want to pray with you this morning is there anyone here today pastor that's me yes thank you hallelujah hallelujah thank you is there anyone else this morning man that's me that's me I want a relationship with God today church would you pray with me dear Jesus I ask that you forgive me of my sins. Today I choose to reach out for your hand. Been doing life on my own. But today I choose to surrender to you. Forgive me and come into my life. I thank you, Jesus, that you love me that much. In Jesus' name, amen.